Welcome to today's New Life Live podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by you. Your donations make this podcast possible. Please consider donating today using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Welcome to New Life Live with host and founder of New Life Ministries, Stephen Arterburn. For 35 years, New Life has been transforming lives one at a time thanks to the giving hearts of you, our listeners. Our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's hardest places. If you have a question you'd like to ask today, our phone lines are open. Call 1-800-229-3000. That number again is 1-800-229-3000. Now here's Steve. Well, hello, everybody. It's Becky Brown, and I am joined by Dr. Alice Benton and Chris Williams in California. Hi, you guys. Hey, you too. Good to see you guys. Happy uh-huh. Friday. Yes, yes. Friday, and we're so excited because we're going to get ready to do Lose It for Life, and it is next Saturday, and I want you to hear a conversation that Steve had with a past attendee. So, Terry Mack, if you'll roll that. I went to Lose It for Life back in April. Yeah. Um, I'm knocking at 60 pounds right now. Oh, my goodness. Uh, knocking at the door. I haven't quite lost the 60 pounds. I'm kind of at a plateau, which I don't want it to discourage me, but I'm telling you, God is on the move. Oh, God that's so great. But let me ask you this. How do you feel inside as you're going through all that? Is that different? Oh, <laughs> You know, I've, I've had a lot of people say to me, and, and I am, I'm encouraging other women along the way, it's, why is it different this time? Because I've tried my whole life. Why is it different this time? And I just have to say that, that you know, lose it for life. It was crucial for me because yeah. there were many it's in my life. Yeah. Right. And, and I, the stubborn resistance was a big one for me. Ooh, yeah. And yeah. I... And, and there was an angry brother that w- hadn't spoken to me in five years. Oh, my And goodness. I realized that that was holding. I mean, there was a hold on me that I didn't even realize until God revealed it that weekend. It, mm. I'm telling you, God is on the move. <laughs> so well, it's good stuff. I tell you, it is pretty amazing to hear that transition, but also it's the it. And mm-hmm. so many people struggle with understanding the connection between food and the stuff that they're carrying around or the stuff that they're feeding, right? Or the the things that they're feeding. Um, You know, you guys, you both have helped so many people over the years. What are some of the it's that people carry around with them thinking that, oh, it'll just go away on its own? That testimony pointed it out so well because when it's physical weight we're struggling with, there's a hidden, an invisible emotional weight and spiritual weight. And it's those issues that that, uh, our testimony pointed out, whether it's unresolved problems with relationships or it's our own character flaws that we have for a reason. And they probably helped us survive through a tough period in the past, but they're no longer working for us. And so when we look at the invisible weights and we work through it with God's help, the help of safe community, then we're better equipped to handle the visible weight. Mm-hmm. Mm, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Chris, what would you add to that? Yeah, it, it's really the important part that when we find ourselves with an issue, like let's say it is our relationship to food, our own weight, is that we're 
constantly focused on the external thing and then trying to make a behavioral adjustment. And it won't work because of what's called the rubber band effect. Your it is a rubber band effect. It will always pull you back and it's undefeated. You go to lose it for life and you'll learn how to cut that rubber band once and for all. So that that you can have the momentum to move forward to have sustainable health, recovery, and get to where you'd like to be. Yeah, I love that. You know, we're going to do it. It's one day online, March 18th. And, you know, we are going to have Michelle Spadafora and Steve Arterburner going to share. We're going to have our breakout groups led by our new life counselors. It is going to be a packed day to help you unpack what those it's are that you're feeding, that you're, you know, not paying attention to. I, I just can't say enough. We've been doing it for 20 years. We've helped so many people lose the weight and keep it off. And live into the life that, you know, God has created for them to live, to be free of those invisible weights. I love that word picture, Alice. We're going to be taking your calls, 1-800-229-3000, and we'll be back right after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. It's Becky Brown with Dr. Alice Benton and Chris Williams, and we are taking your calls at 1-800-229-3000. We are going to start with Donna, who's calling us from Dallas, Texas, listens on KWRD. Terry, if you can, there you go. Hi, Donna. I'm so glad you called. How can we help you today? Yes, ma'am. Um, I have um, a question on how to deal with... Um, I'm not sure if it's narcissistic rage or uh, chemical dependency or uh, a chemical imbalance. Um, my husband of 11 years um, is now like violent. I say violent with like punching above my head, um, the wall mm. above my head, uh, the headboard, um, things like that. Just blaming me for everything. Um, our we both have been depressed, lost a lot of loved ones, including both of his sisters and his dad. And then my nephew was killed in a an automobile accident, and his brother, my other nephew, was driving. Um, and we went through that at the same time, but yet he, I tried to walk around on eggshells around him, and he just, everything's my fault, he tells me. He doesn't blame me, but my ex for leaving me. He said, no wonder he he cheated on mm. you or no wonder he left you. And um, if it were, he talks about his ex-wife. If it was her, she would have done that. She would have had enough mm. courtesy to, you know, do such and such for me. And mm. um, I'm just scared. Every day I go home, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. Um, um, more of the the verbal it's really um um it makes it brings me back to a time when my my ex um physically sexually verbally mentally abused me and um i'm very depressed um i speak to a counselor it doesn't help I don't know what to do and donna you, um, donna you mentioned chemical imbalance what's happening chemically with your husband that you're worried about he has um lithium imbalance and he um is 
he's prescribed lithium, but he doesn't take it, or he hasn't been to the doctor because of his new job. He hates his new job. He's stressed out there. And are, and you, are, you, are you also worried he's using substances? Yes, he um, admitted in the past he has used it. He said he's not now. He, he used what? He um, um, crystal meth mm. and um, um, also Percocet. Um, just things like that. Um, and he, um, but now he said he's not doing that anymore. I don't see any signs of that, like any money coming out of the account well, or any, you know, Donna, uh, it's, it's also it, is, lithium. it is a very difficult situation. Let's hear what Alice and Chris could recommend, um, as far as getting into a better situation. Um, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, so Donna, first and foremost, the lithium is typically prescribed for someone with a mood disorder. Um, you know, I obviously not either a psychiatrist nor am I your husband's treating therapist, so I couldn't say, but that when we follow that, and it typically is um, prescribed for people who struggle with some sort of bipolar disorder. With all of that said, and we can we can hear in the story, there's a lot of trauma. I mean, there could be a lot of PTSD. So with the picture that's underneath it all the behavior shows up very dangerous for you and i'm really concerned i'm so glad you called first and foremost i'm so so mm-hmm. thankful that you did because sometimes we because we're creatures of adaptation we normalize really really dangerous behavior or at least we minimize really really dangerous behavior your husband is exhibiting very dangerous behavior that can be very unpredictable. And with a past struggle with methamphetamine use, um, with a past struggle of mental health issues, we don't want to play loose and fast with this because it could flip on a dime in the most traumatic way possible. And that is your very safety. And so... I don't want to overstate it, but the worst thing I could possibly do for you today, Donna, is understate it. And so I am asking you to get yourself physically and emotionally safe today. Look for the resources around you with a clear message for your husband that the way you're talking to me, the way that you're outraging right now that you're raging out into physical intimidation if nothing less is not okay i'm not safe i need some time to get safe i need you to seek help to resolve whatever is going on inside of you mm-hmm. and donna you might need to tell him that from a distance because he isn't physically or verbally safe and so he, he might have a strong reaction to you setting a boundary and protecting and taking care of yourself. What's your reaction to Chris's advice? Um, I, I agree. I just, um, I just know that 11, after 11 years of marriage, he just started this three years ago, and it started when his dad passed away, mm-hmm. and then it got worse when his sister passed, and yeah. then I was dealing with my nephew passing, but it, it went from my protector to the one that I fear, Yes, and, um, and like I said, it was just like the sweetest person, very um, 
protective of everyone, especially women, um, thinking that a man that puts his hand on a woman is, um, you know, sorry and everything else. But um, he's only put his hands on me like shaking me a couple of times. Donna, I'm I'm going to interrupt you to say... I hear your compassion overriding your your radar that's telling you you're not safe. Right. But because you can understand his pain, some of your words are minimizing how dangerous he has been to be around. I heard you say just three years. He just put his hands on me. And that's making his boundary violation smaller. And it's trying to justify how big his anger is because he's in so much pain. You have a good heart, Donna. It's so good that you have compassion. But when your compassion overrides your radar that's telling you, I'm not safe. Every day I come home, I don't feel safe around this man. Your compassion can actually keep the two of you stuck in this dangerous pattern between you. Well, and Alice, speak to the whole idea of just because you're getting safety, Donna, it doesn't mean the end of the marriage. You had also alluded to the, you know, he's he's verbally abusive or emotionally abusive. These are all pieces and parts. But, you know, Alice or Chris, just talk about how getting safe is one step. It's, it's not the whole step. Donna, it's actually the most loving thing to do for... Go ahead. He just pulled it beside me. Um, he just pulled it beside me in the vehicle. So I'm going to um, have to go right now. We ask that you please call um, us back as soon as you can. We want you to get okay. safe and we want to help okay. you do that. We're going to be praying for you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Donna will will be in touch. Uh, you know, this is the this is the cycle of domestic abuse and mm-hmm. domestic violence. Um you know, I just want you guys to talk more about the safety piece. Um, yeah, the the key to the first step of safety is this, is that the mind in a fear-driven, threatened, hypervigilant state cannot see clearly nor make good decisions. Um, a line that I oftentimes say is, desperate people make desperate decisions, and those decisions are rarely good ones. And so we don't want to make, you know, desperate decisions that, again, maybe resolve it in a moment or placate the problem that's continuing. When we get into a place of safety and our mind and our body is able to calm down, we're able to see a larger picture. We're able to hear feedback from others that can give us clarity on what's going on that informs better decisions. But to your point, um, Becky is a lot of times in the abusive cycle will return to a momentary safety mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. to return to and be fooled that, that things are changed or things are different and be, be what we actually call a honeymoon period and be pulled right back mm-hmm. into the cycle all over again. And so the when we get safe, we must then seek counsel to make a very different decision for a di- very different outcome than the cycle of pain that we're in. 
And, mm. and Donna is correct. Her husband is in great pain, and he yes. doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah. And so he probably <clears throat> is turning, might be turning again to substance use, to anger, towards aggression, to cover his pain. Every perpetrator has pain underlying right. their problematic yes. and aggressive behavior. But when when the scales over the, the eyes of the perpetrator are so thick because of substance use or denial or blame shifting, they need loss and consequences to have the potential for those scales to be removed from their eyes. And it's the, it's the temporary loss of a spouse. It's the temporary loss of the privilege of being in a warm relationship that can sometimes alert a perpetrator that they need to look at themselves, that they need to make a change. That's why consequences are loving. Well, and it can be, it can be really confusing, too. What, what Donna was expressing was how it used to be. And, you, you know, for a lot of people, we can rationalize the behavior. Mm-hmm. Well, this happened or that happened. But when it comes down to it, it's, it is a safety issue. It is um, getting some framework around it so that the worst thing possible would happen. And just for the listeners, just know we will follow up with Donna and make sure that she's safe. I, you know, that's very disturbing yeah. for somebody to listen to. And you may be, you may be the man that is in this story, you may be like Donna. And either way, there is hope and there is help to to change this cycle. And, and Chris, that, you have something yeah, on Yeah, I'm chomping at the bit here because you just said it. You may be in the position that Donna's husband is in. Mm-hmm. So when we deal with, when we experience deep loss that turns itself into grief, that grief feels so vulnerable and it can feel out of control. And if we don't get what we need, which is comfort, which is guidance, which is love to help us move through that, that that vulnerable state that feels out of control oftentimes flips from sadness to anger. You know, oftentimes say, you know, many of us guys, it, it doesn't have to be men, men, but many of us people, we flip sadness to anger in an attempt to control the loss. Mm. The irony is that it spins us out of control. Yes. And, and, and what happens, what's happening with Donna's husband, then that person wants to control their outside world, include, including people, as a result of their internal out of control. Mm-hmm. The, the, the only way we get better, the only way we get better is to then focus in on our internal out of control and do the work it needs to resolve that. And I mention that because that's what we're here at New Life to do. And if I could un- unashamedly promote, you know, that's exactly what we're going after with the Emotional Freedom Workshop. Right, you know, right. We'll look at it deeply at Lose It for Life. We're right. looking for that thing beneath the thing that spins our life out of control right. and start resolving that. Right. And you know what happens when you are in that anger state or, the, you know, and you're acting out, you're reacting, you then feel shame for yes. the actions that you take. So then it is this never ending cycle. And it is so hard to recognize you're in pain. Yes. It's, it's yeah. not because of something that, you know, like what she was giving all of the lists of things that he's going through or they've gone through. They do all impact us. But so many times the shame of the reaction will keep us locked into that reaction. And, you know, again, we're, we'll follow up with her. We want her to be safe and um, we'll be praying for the whole situation. If you are in a situation like this, please call. You that you cannot imagine how many people have overcome mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. situations. 
and there's healing. And I just think that that's the hope. That's the promise. We are going to continue taking calls, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to talk to Ellen after the break. And, uh, you know, we have many different ways that you can listen to the program. And I've heard from so many people that they listen on the podcast. They listen on YouTube. We love our YouTube viewers. Uh, we love our podcast listeners, you know. <laughs> but maybe you need to share a show with somebody that needs a little hope and needs a little help in their lives. And, you know, of course, we believe New Life can help you in lots of different ways. And uh, we're there for you. You can give us a call. You can listen. You can share the show. But however you listen, you know, make a point of sharing it with somebody today. We'll be back right after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We're so glad that you have joined us today. It's me, Becky Brown, with Dr. Alice Benton and Chris Williams taking your calls, 1-800-229-3000. And um, we're going to go to Ellen now, who's calling us from Manchester, New Hampshire, listens on SiriusXM. Hi, Ellen. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so I have a question about how to have big conversations with my spouse that has to do with unresolved issues of the past. Um, we He was a traumatized child. I didn't realize that until well into our marriage. Um, there was a lot of... He's my second husband. Um, this there was a lot of raging and verbal abuse and um, emotional abuse. Um, at one point, I had left. He had um, some emotional affairs. We would did go to couples counseling, but it never really got resolved. It was kind of like, okay, well, he really didn't do much, and um, I still have a... There was no remorse or no apology or anything like that, and I still... Things have calmed down now, so we get along fairly well, but I want to have a conversation because it still it blocks me from being completely open with him. Mm, yeah. And that's a good, good question. That that's a good question, Ellen. Uh, Alice, do you want to start? Ellen, your, your husband was willing to enter into therapy before. How do you think he would react mm-hmm. to the request to try it again? Um. So when we when we stopped with this individual, um, I you know I hope that going forward you'd be willing to go to therapy again. That you'd be willing to call this person. And he said, "I can assure you that I will never pick up the phone and call him again." <laughs> Did he explain that? Um. No, other than I think that he just didn't think that it was it was like beating a dead horse, I, I guess. And if you told him, I realize I'm still struggling with some of our history, and, and I'm, I'm having a tough time moving past it. I really want to be able to move past it, to clear that up so that we can have a good present and a good future together. Would you reconsider helping me? Get, get through this by joining with a different therapist. Would you try again with me to help me get better? How, how might he respond? I'm actually not, not positive how he would respond. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure. I, 
I'm glad you have yes, a little again, doubt, Ellen. A little doubt is better than he'd give an absolute no. And what I have found is that when we make that kind of request more about me versus you haven't mm-hmm. done enough work, you need to get back into therapy. Although that might be part of your thought process. When we take the load on ourselves a little bit of, I need more attention. I know you care about me. Would you be willing to try again for me, for the sake of our marriage? It um, makes it a more accessible invitation to the person receiving it versus is putting them on the defensive. Yeah, that's good. Chris? Yeah, I, I, just to piggyback off of that, Alice, I think that's really good because, Ellen, what I think would be helpful for you is to sit down and get on paper, get outside of yourself how his emotional affairs have impacted you. And, and, and so you can get clear on, hey, here's what I'm carrying inside of me that's interfering us, interfering with us in our marriage. I don't want to carry this weight. I don't want these barriers to exist inside of me that prevents us from moving forward in our marriage. And so would you be willing to help me work through these so that we can get to, because I love you, I want to be with you, and I want a better marriage. Mm-hmm. But, but there's these things inside of me I need your help with because they involve us. Well, and I kind of wonder, Ellen, what kind of conversations do you guys have? Not the difficult ones, but like day to day, how do you connect with one another? Well, and in, in, um, there isn't a whole lot of connection, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, both okay. physically and, you know, we talk about, you know, might talk a little bit about politics or what's going on in town, but there aren't deep conversations. Mm-hmm. So you're like roommates. Sort of. We 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 are intimate, but it, um, yeah, it's kind of feels like feels like roommate. And I get a very visible reaction when when I hear like, okay, that you, I have to um, say that I'm really still struggling, and it because it's anger. Mm. Yeah, I'm angry. Yeah, that he's not doing what he needs to do, and that I'm not important enough to do that. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I want you to write down on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm okay. angry, and 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 Ellen, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean in just a little bit more on this. Because of his behavior, I believe I'm not important. I want to flip that on its uh-huh. ear. I want to say no. I am important enough to be connected to. Hmm. I am important enough to enjoy yeah. a deeper, more loving marriage. And I need you to get on get on that importance train with me. Yeah. layers here, Ellen. Right. And even though the issue of the emotional affairs is huge, there's a lot of other stuff. We're going to talk to you more about it after this break. So hold on. We're going to continue to take calls at 1-800-229-3000. But, you know, connection and communication to marriage is challenging. And then when you have a breach of trust, it just creates this huge chasm that, you know, it's very hard to cross, mm-hmm. um, especially if there's not a rhythm of already present. But we'll talk more about that after this. Um, we've helped a lot of people figure that out and uh, have changed a lot of marriages um, because of it. And there's hope here. There's hope. We'll be right back after this. I was really living a very anxiety-filled life. 
I turned on New Life, and the topic that day was about anxiety. And just by listening, I got relief. You can help New Life stay on the air by joining Club New Life today. When you sign up to support us monthly through Club New Life, we'll send you the new member thank you gift of the Life Recovery Bible Personal Size, the One Year Life Recovery Prayer Devotional, the New Life Journal, a New Life Pen and Highlighter, and a New Life Zipper Tote to hold it all. Plus, there are ongoing benefits like access to the Club New Life video library, the monthly Club New Life CD or download, quarterly resources, free shipping on purchased resources, and discounts on workshops. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433. Support Club New Life, and together we can help hurting people find help and hope in life's hardest places. Call 1-800-639-5433 to join Club New Life today. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are so glad you are with us today, and um, we're hoping to help you. We are talking to Ellen right now, who she and her husband have had some challenges in communication, to say the least. Um, Alice, let's start with you. Let's mm-hmm. follow up with you know just that, con- that concept of how do we connect when we're so disconnected. Mm-hmm. And Ellen, I'm going to both commiserate with you and I'm going to challenge you because I care about you. In commiserating, I'm going to tell you that I, I um, experienced infidelity in my family of origin and it left me with so much unresolved pain, anger, like you're feeling, and fear. And I didn't know how to handle it. So I just didn't talk about it. And what I learned later on in life that was that by avoiding it, I, I was making my own situation worse, and I was endangering my marriage as well. Now, you have every reason to be upset with your husband that he's not doing what he should be. I completely agree with you. It's just not a, a powerful stance to stay in if he's all to blame, even though he has majority blame, because you don't have power over whether or not he does what he should do. So here's where the challenge comes in, because although you and I have both been innocent victims of someone else's infidelity, we're innocent in that. And yet we've got to be the ones to take the to take the reins in dealing with our own anger, our righteous anger that we have. But if we just sit with it for too long without talking about it or dealing with it, we're exacerbating our own problem. You're an innocent victim, but it's up to you and me to initiate doing the work on ourselves so that we can access more peace, even if our husbands or the perpetrators in our lives never do the work that they're supposed to do. Because, Ellen, that's where the secret power lies. When we get into therapy, even if our spouse won't, and we start to work on our anger and we work on forgiveness, we work on our avoidance, we become more assertive in making our needs known in a kind and gentle way. It gives us the best likelihood of our spouse starting to change as well Mm -hmm. and we're healing the wounds that are keeping us stuck chris do you have a final word for ellen yes and uh it just again piggybacks off of the the um you know the great advice of alice and that is just you know in in the world of recovery we say this you know that resentment is drinking poison and expecting everyone else to get harmed Mm -hmm. and so we really must resolve that one way or another and so just deeper encouragement, get into the work, Ellen, and, and press in here. Press into your husband. And there can be a multi-tiered approach to this, I'll briefly say, because it doesn't have to be therapy first. 
we, we want you to go to therapy. We think it's necessary. But it can start with, can we start having some real conversations together? Can we start talking about how we're actually feeling? And then it can move into, can we read how we love? Can we start trying the comfort circle where we actually share our hearts? Because I think we're both disconnected. I think we're both lonely. Can we start talking about what's really going on inside of us? And therapy can be another tiered option in that progression. Yeah, I love that. Ellen, we're going to send you a copy of How We Love, and I think that that will get you. I also want to send her, I'm going to do a Steve move right now. Oh. I'm, going to send, I'm going to send her a copy of Rescued, um, and I think that that will help her in this whole process. I just, you know, it's hard when you have experienced betrayal and then try to reconnect without the other person doing their work and that's what we're talking about and we're just we're hopeful that that will help you and uh, maybe you'll join us at the restore workshop online in june and uh, you can uh check us out for more information about that becky rescued is not a book we offer very often would you give just a, a quick description well, it's by Shelly Martinkus, and it is a workbook to help women who are dealing with betrayal trauma and just, you know, kind of working through the feelings. It's got a lot of question and answer. There's, um, you know, it's a workbook design. It's not just reading. And so I think it's helped so many people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that um, we offer that to, and it's been very helpful. So that's that's the synopsis. That's the thumbnail. Um, we are going to go to our next caller, who's Samantha. She's calling us from Costa Mesa and listens on the internet. Thanks for calling, Samantha. How can we help you today? Um, hi. Yes, I'm calling regarding. Um, I'm just trying to formulate my question in a concise matter. When I was listening to you talk to other people, um, um, I've I've had a series. Of my both my husband and I have been in seminary, and I've always prayed for a ministry marriage. I always wanted to. I didn't care whether if I was the pastor's wife or I did youth ministry and he did the senior pastoring, I didn't care. I just always wanted to be. I've always been involved in ministry ever since I've been in junior high. I've been in ASB, and I've just always been asking God, you know, use me in any way. And then um, I was in, while I was working um, at a major, major church, I don't even care. God doesn't care about numbers, but I I was injured in a severe car accident, and oh. I should have died. Oh. But, um, but God has miraculously saved me, and I've, um, I, I, I had a, a horrible heart torn. My main artery to my heart was torn, oh, and yeah. I had a whole list of injuries. But God miraculously saved me, and through this, and I always my little jingle of a line is saying that you know, greater the you know every testimony starts with a test, and greater the <laughs> test, greater the testimony. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've become a motivational speaker, and then it seems like I was flying, you know, like greatly. And then um, I had to have sur- numerous surgeries because of, I had like pressure sores, and this whole story there. And I, one day I'll write a book, and I was writing a book, and it got damaged, and that's another story. But through it, when I met my husband, he came from a a bad background, and but. God transformed his family and him, and so I, you know, he accepted me the way I was. I'm in a wheelchair, and, and not that I ever look down at my chair. You know, I always say God well, uses this as a platform. So how can we help but, you today, Samantha? You've got a pretty amazing this, story this, for sure. But this, this, um, um, I felt like my weights were put on me when I got married, and 
and um, I found out, I saw, even though I have psychology classes, um, you, you can't diagnose people, but I felt like there was a lot of baggage that was brought into our marriage. Um, he, he, has, he comes from, um, he's like a child of an alcoholic, and and my dad is that way too, but I, um, but I see there's still, there's a lot of anger within my, my okay. family as well as, and so my question is, um, there's, I have left my husband uh, several times not to divorce him, but just to say, this is not appropriate the way you're dealing with your anger. And, and I've come back because of my my disability and I had there's a part, there's a sleep number bed here and, and Samantha um, we, we want to help get you to your question so we can really serve you on this call what's your question for us my question is more like um, I don't know if if my husband has chemical imbalance with like if he's been a pro boxer you know or if he I don't want to excuse too much you know like so, for example so so samantha samantha would you ask us a, a how or a what or a, ask us a question like how that. can i take care of myself without being enabling go. to him i don't know good question how to differentiate that that's a good question because like all right well samantha let's yes. let's let's answer let's get some uh and forward chris do you want to start uh, yeah, I think so. So, Samantha, <laughs> you have a lot of voices going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? I mean, the, the chatter that you were showing us was like, man, the, I, I think I counted at least four different voices that they're mm-hmm. all debating each other. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all asking for the top voice at the table. And there's a voice inside of you that spiritualizes things, Right. It's just like, oh, we're going to avoid difficult things by by quickly slapping a God label on it. And that mm-hmm. sounds kind of harsh, but that's what one of the voices does. The other voice says, oh, well, you know, this is what you wanted, so you got to deal with it. The other voice says, you know, you're in a difficult situation. You have to stay in this. And then there's this other really impressive voice that says, you don't have to deal with people's dangerous and harmful behavior. And so what that creates inside of you is a lot of chaos, that's going to lead to confusion. So I want you to stop figuring out your husband. There you go. And I want you to be able to figure out what's going on inside of you and start addressing the fears head on. And with that really strong faith that you have, I don't mean to minimize that faith. That faith is really strong to say, like, God, I'm inviting you into my fears. I'm inviting you into my pain. And it may take a while, but there is a solution, even in my disability, to find freedom from harm. Mm. It's so powerful. Uh, Samantha, hold on. We're going to come back to your call after the break. you're right. There is a lot there, Chris, um, but there, you know, there's a way forward. We're so grateful for all of you who are listening and provide for New Life to be able to be here. Um, you know, we have so many donors. We have our Club New Life family that gives on a monthly basis. And if you join Club New Life this month, we'll give you a set of eight devotionals, a hundred days of freedom from all kinds of things, and. We know that it'll bless you, but also your giving to the ministry helps us help other people, like our callers or like the folks that go to our workshops. But we'd invite you to be part of that giving family. Call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE and we'll show you how. 
find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. And we are back and we are talking with Samantha and just the challenges that life has presented to her. Um, Alice, what would you offer to Samantha about, you know, just moving forward? Samantha, the phrase, good and faithful servant, came to my mind about you because since childhood, you have been open to God's will. And I so admire that about you. And I think you are striving with everything in your being to be a good Christian ministry wife to your husband. So it has been so difficult at times in your marriage that you've left on multiple occasions. And a lot of us believe and have been taught, but we forgive and forget, right? We turn the other cheek. We go back again, 70 times 7. And and it is true that we are called to forgive. And yet, if we forget what's happened and we re-enter the danger zone, we also sometimes enable unhealthy, immoral, evil, dangerous behavior to continue. So, Samantha, I'm worried about you, girl, because I wonder if in an emotional and spiritual way you might be paralyzed by trying to be that good Christian ministry wife who always comes back no matter what. It it was hard for us to get to your question because I think it's hard for you to know what you need. And my guess is that you need to be heard through extended listening. You need to be heard. You need to be understood. And you need to figure out what safety really looks like because you've had the courage at times to leave an unhealthy, a bad situation, whatever that's meant for you. And I wonder if you've forgiven and forgotten and come back too quickly before real change was made well i think it's also not so much not the courage i have the courage i know what god has done before he'll do again you know he still parts the red sea he still raises lazarus from the dead it's just a different way you know and and samantha i'm I'm going to interrupt you to say that although god can and does do those things he also allows your husband free will and i suspect your husband isn't getting the help he needs to become the safe and healthy man that you need so, so what I'd ask right. of you, what I'd, I, Samantha, what I'd ask of you is that you enter into individual therapy, if you're not already, you figure out what you need, and you figure out how to ask for that from your husband with boundaries and limitations that keep you safe from going back too soon, whether that's emotionally or physically going back too soon. Well, and I also I would say, I, Samantha, I, well, I, Samantha, I, I, the, the, here's I, the clarification, I, though is when we connect with a counselor, we are able to work on the things that are buried. So it's not just a quick fix. But I also think because of your accident, you have been traumatized. And trauma can also create a lot of this um, kind of, you know, just confusion. And, you know, you've got certainty in your faith, which is fabulous. It really is. So we're going to connect you with someone who specializes in trauma uh, repair as well. And um, hopefully as a couple, you can get in with a counselor. And uh, we're going to send you a copy of Healing is a Choice. I think that'll be helpful. And, um, you know, I just will be praying for you. And I know that uh, it's, it can be so overwhelming when all of these things are, you know, just being a challenge. Chris or Alice, do you have any final words for Samantha? Yeah, I just think that connecting to ourselves is really, really important. And that can be very, very difficult 
And what I mean by that is that certainly God can perform miracles and has performed miracles, but we understand that miracles are a temporary fix that are a sign. John says it really well. These are the Gospel of John. It is a sign that points to Jesus. It's not the thing itself. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I think sometimes it gets confused here, because God is really interested in our transformation that isn't dependent upon the next supernatural miracle that comes along. That's a lottery ticket mentality that just doesn't work. What works is getting into the deep work inside of us that keeps us in patterns of uh, of pain and fear and just keeps us stuck. And so we work alongside of God as he performs his great work in and through us. But that participation is that, hey, I'm in this really difficult situation. What do I need to do and what do I need to, to look at that gets me out of a passive position into an active position that God meets us there? That's right. I love that. That's good. All right. We're going to take a call. We're going to talk to Nancy, who's calling us from Adeline, Texas, listens on Sirius XM. We're continuing to take calls. So call us 1-800-229-3000. We want to hear from you. Uh, Nancy, we've got uh, some time at the end of this program, but real quick, do you have a question for us today? I do. Um, I have an older son who we raised him in a Christian home, and he had a, a really tragic first marriage um then he didn't remarry but he married um, a non-christian we love her very much and love them but after their first child was born their our grandson when he was six months old we were told by our son we're not allowed to speak the name of jesus or say anything about our faith to his kids and so we you know of course prayed and wept and (laughs) cried out to god and felt like both of my husband and I felt like our directions were to just love them unconditionally and let them see the love of our Savior without words about him. And we have done that for the the last three years, but in this season, we are feeling unsettled again. And I don't know, am I disappointing my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by bowing to that, or am I doing the right thing? Good question. Chris, do you have anything for Nancy? My first initial reaction, it it just went back to that line attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, which you guys have done really, really well. You've worked hard at, and that is always preach the gospel, only use words when necessary. And so we can see, you know, let's take courage in this. There have been people in in oppressed governments, in oppressed places where Christianity is not allowed to be openly talked about. Otherwise, your life or your freedom could be in danger. And ironically enough, throughout human history, that's oftentimes the place where the gospel has flourished the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I, I don't think Jesus is disappointed in one iota in your approach here. I think that, that this is a new level of faith to say that, Jesus, I am so excited to see how you're going to work right. without us having to say your name. Mm-hmm. And Nancy, I would check, is God nudging you to take a slightly different approach 
which may be checking back with your son. Hey, we've really tried to honor what you've asked of us. Can we get an update? Is your position still the same or has it adjusted at all? Is there any openness to talking about God versus Jesus? We want to continue respecting, so let's just update where we stand with this. And then ask God how he wants you to creatively act out the gospel without using words, as Chris is saying. But does God want to update you? Does he want to give you a different angle of how to love on this family? You might also ask your son, what's the story behind this? What led to you disconnecting from God? When you're willing to tell us, we really want to hear that story. Yeah, that, that is a great way to approach it. And, you know, Nancy, the thing is, God loves your grandchildren even more than you do. And we can pray for, you know, just how their lives will intersect with God. And as you pray and as your husband prays, you're right, Alice, it is that challenge to have that next conversation, not to corner him, but to just keep this adult conversation going. We're going to send you a copy of Doing Life with Your Adult Children um, by Dr. Jim Burns. It, this is not um, an unusual question. We've had this before. And, you know, the goal would be to stay in relationship, to be honest about your relationship with each other, and at the same time, um, you know, express the love of Christ in all the relationships that we have. Isn't that what we're called to do? We are going to continue to take calls for the next hour, 1-800-229-3000. If you're uh, online, hold on, and we'll get right to your call. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, listeners. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. If you need anything, give us a call. We are here to help you each and every day. Thanks for listening. We hope this program has helped you by giving you insights for handling the challenges you face in your life. We want you to know that we're here for you. But you also need to know that New Life Live is a listener-supported ministry. To make your donation or to get any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or write to us at New Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1029, Lake Forest, California, 92609. Please join us again on Monday for New Life Live. Today's podcast can be downloaded through iTunes or streamed through your mobile device using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com to download the app today.